Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. And today I am thrilled to have with me Dr. Nyanka Redman. And I'm going to read your bio really quick because you are an applied developmental research scientist who specializes in positive youth development of adolescents. What a great fit, right? I'm so excited to be talking to you. Um, Like-minded. Here we go. Her, your research and practice focuses on the impact of supportive race relationships on character development, performance, and well-being, particularly in young athletes, which is, I know a lot of people are going to perk up because I know a lot of parents with young athletes, and this is a big, big deal on how do we support them. So welcome. Welcome, Dr. Redmond. So great to have you here. Morning, morning. So let's just start with your story because I love your story and how you even got into this and what your previous life was and how you've been working with teens for so long, particularly athletes. Yeah, well, I was a a high school psychology teacher for uh, a a grand total of eight years, but um, about five years into it is when I realized that um, these young people were having these, you know, big issues. Um, and a lot of it was beyond, you know, the, the coursework, you know, they were challenges that were happening in their lives and their, uh, in their homes. And, uh, and I just wanted to be able to help them more. So I decided to pursue a degree in uh, marriage and family therapy. Um, and, um, and so that's when, you know, the, the, the light bulb started going off. It's like, oh, this is great. I have this great, uh, material that I can use to help these young people, uh, but then realized that <laughs> I actually wanted to prevent. Oh, I just um, there you and go. so. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know what my is doing something weird, but um, so I wanted to um, to prevent some of the issues I was seeing. So not just help them, but prevent them. So that's when I decided to pursue uh, the uh, a PhD and to um, look more deeply into research. So all while I was teaching and uh, finishing my PhD, I was also a coach. So I, um, I coached track and field for 12 years. Um, and um, I began to, I didn't really begin, but it was quite evident that um, sports had the potential to do some great things for young mm-hmm. people. And when I say potential, means that it wasn't automatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it took, you know, coaches, parents, athletes, teammates um, coming together. And when all of those things were in sync, then the young person thrived. And so, um, so I decided to look at athletes specifically for my dissertation and have done a quite a bit of research around um, uh, athletes and uh, how they can uh, thrive. That's wonderful. And so we, you know, your focus a lot is on being a supportive parent. Right. Yes. The need for that. And I think there there's just it's undeniable that that's what kids need is the right. support. And I think a lot of parents want to be supportive. We don't know 
how to be supportive, you know, and a lot of times the way we are supportive or try to be supportive actually backfires, right. um, which makes us very frustrated. So how do we become a supportive parent, especially when we've got these high performing kids that are even hard on themselves? Yeah, you know, some of the things that I've, my, what my research has shown and just what my own experience has shown that it takes a parent who is, um, you know, not necessarily has tons and tons of time, um, but just has the, the willingness to step into their young person's world. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I can see that go in multiple ways. So sometimes it can backfire when the parent is stepping into, the wor into their world as if they're the expert. And although let's say you've got a fantastic in the athlete realm, you know, let's say, you know, dad was a fantastic athlete when he was young. So he may know baseball or basketball or whatever sport his kid is doing. Um, and, and yet when he approaches it as if he's the expert, an expert in the child's experience, then it actually can backfire. So where the kid's like, okay, well, what, do, what am I doing here? Um, and so when the parent instead enters in as, um, as, as sort of like just a participant in what the, the child is going through. Um, not, um, they're not pretending like they know everything. Yeah. So they're curious, they're, um, they, 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 they're um, actively trying to understand their child's life. Uh, and so, so not just being there, being at the games, you don't have to be at every game, but you should ask your kid about how did every, um, how did every event go? How did the game go? Um, and, and, and being able to be as supportive as possible. So the before, the after of the parents there, the during, and that's a whole nother story about how an, a parent should be during the competition. Um, but that's just that's just a little a little snippet of what what I found and how to be supportive is to be that uh, attuned parent, um, a parent who is who is curious and um, actively wants to know about their child's sporting world. And that goes beyond sports. Even that's any extracurricular activity that your your kid is passionate about. So you just hit such an enormous thing because <laughs> Dr. Redmond, like literally, I don't know about everywhere else, but I know in my community, they have waivers now that parents have to sign that basically says they're going to be a decent human being. Right. It's basically that saying, I'm not going to get over involved. I'm not going to be like coaching over the coaches. I'm not going to be doing all this. And they sign it and they ignore it. And I, wow. you know, you go to these games, even with little tiny kids, and you see these parents like coaching and yelling and telling them, you know, all these things with the mindset of, I want my kid to be the best, Right. but you're watching these kids rumble um, underneath the pressure of it all. So how do we approach this, particularly when we've got these parents that are so overly involved and I don't know if they would think they were overly involved, but so overly involved in their child's experience and overly invested in their success. How do we approach that? You know, I think one of the things, this is um, something I've been stewing on for a while, but I think a parent has to one, slow down 
meaning slow themselves down, right? And all parents at some point need to do their own work. Why does a parent feel the need to vocalize in the middle of a child's sporting event the frustration with the ref? Maybe because you know they they had a frustrating day. Sorry, my sound keeps doing weird stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe because they can't um, they can't express that frustration that they may have with their boss, and so they're taking it out. Whatever it may be psychologically that may be happening with the parent. If we as parents, because we're not perfect, but if we can slow ourselves down a bit and really check where we are when, we entering, when we're entering into our child's spaces, then we can probably find where we may be feeling, you know, whatever. Um, so thinking about as you, when your child decides, oh, you know, I'm going to pursue the sport that my dad was an all-star in, that should be a, the, red, the red flag for you to say, well, how am I going to approach this? Mm. How am I going to approach my child entering into a, a, a sport that I was dedicated to for X number of years? And, 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 and kind of periodically checking yourself, you know, before you zip off an email to, to, to the coach about how you didn't like, you know, whatever play that they ran, it, before doing that, slow down and say, okay, how can I approach this? Because maybe there is a legitimate concern, but how can I approach this in a way that's respectful of my child's space and allowing them some autonomy, as well as respecting this uh, professional or um, you know coach who is this is their job. Um, so I my 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 biggest thing is to always encourage parents to do the psychological work that they need to be the best their best selves because that's going to then extend out to their parenting. That is so important because I think we do a lot of times revert back to our own teen selves and some right. of the stuff that we <laughs> were trying to accomplish. We're now trying to accomplish through our teens. Yeah. And wait a second, it's their turn now. We had our chance. Like if we take over their lives, we're not giving them the chance to have their own lives. So now they're going to have to take over their kids' lives, right? And so now nobody <laughs> in the future has lives. So I think it's really difficult. And one of the things you just said to Dr. Redmond was space, giving them their space. And I think this is so important. And I want to dig into this a little bit more because we end up wanting to, especially if we know stuff. And I know this has been hard for me when my daughter takes was taking dancing and I was a dance instructor. I'm like, do you want me to teach, you know, do all this? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay is her space. This is not mine, right? Let her do her thing. So I think it's very um, important to understand, even if it is your space too, right. to allow them to have it separate. And how, what does that look like? What are some tips or some red flags to look for that we're kind of getting in on their space and taking over what should they should own? Right. Um, certainly when you begin to see your child shutting down, so they're not sharing information with you, you're finding out from other people, you know, that your child, you know, excelled at something or you're, 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 you're asking them questions and they're giving you one word answers. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a sign that there may be something that's amiss. Um, and, and the best mode of repairing that is to one, do the self-reflection that I mentioned before, do some self-reflection. And then just kind of be open and honest and say, you know, hey, in this incident, I think I might have messed up. And there might be 
some sort of a divide between us. And I just want to come to you and apologize and to ask you, you know, what, what can I do to help support you? Teens are brilliant. Obviously, you know, they're brilliant. They know their world. Mm -hmm. And often if you say, tell me what I can do, how can I help you? Even if they can't articulate the grand depth of it, you can get the gist of it and be able to then say, okay, I get what you're saying. Here's what I can do and hold me accountable to that. So you're asking your child to be a partner with you. Mm. And again, this isn't, these are teenagers. So they're gonna have to learn how to navigate relationships and asking them how, you know, how they want this relationship to go. It's great foundation for what they're gonna have to do in other relationships in their lives. That is so wise. And I think for a lot of parents, it's very difficult because we have this, this perception that we need to be the authority, we need to be the teacher, we need to be the best, and we need to know all the answers. And I think the, you know, we want them to respect us. And I know so many parents get so frustrated with the one word answers. And so I yeah. love that you brought that up because parents get mad and frustrated with the one word answers. They get mad at the teenager rather right. than reflecting on, well, why? Mm -hmm. Are they only giving me one word answers? Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? And what do I need to do? Cause then they'll be like, they only say one word to me and then they go up and talk for hours with their friends. Right. And they get mad. And it's like, well, why do they feel more comfortable talking to their friends than they do with you? And what yeah. can you do? So one of the things you had said too, is about having them teach you. Can you expand yeah. a bit on, on that and what, what that looks like? Sure. Um, Again, when you are entering in with from a space of curiosity, then you are um, giving them the the sort of the runway to to um, to to teach. Um, yeah. And so, what that would look like is, you know, the the child sort of expressing, you know, here here are my needs, here are my desires. And then the parent, you know, listening and saying, okay, here's how I think I can do this. Now, obviously, if your teen's saying something that's like outlandish or just doesn't make sense or isn't consistent with your parenting, then you might have to say, okay, I hear that. I can't quite do that. Like, mom, I never want you to come to my games again. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, how about I, 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 I won't go to the next three games mm -hmm. just to give you some space and give me a chance to think this through but I do want to go to your games. I want to be a part of your games. Can we, can we manage doing that? Then the kid probably just like, okay, yeah, we can compromise here. So that's, you know, what I think is a part of the teaching process is a little bit of give and take yeah. the parents being consistent with who they are. I'm not, I don't want parents to feel like they're being steamrolled by their kid and their kid is, you know, kind of taking over in every space. Right, right, right. Um, but certainly giving them the, an opportunity to, um, to express what they desire and then to formulate a plan with them that works for, for both of you. Yeah. And what you just said too, I think a lot of people who are probably already thinking, because a lot of times when you start talking about giving your teens more of a voice, more of a say in what's going on, they're like, oh, okay. So I just let them do whatever they want. And they just go up on their phone and game all day long. And I just let them do whatever. Right. And I want to just be clear. That's not what you're saying. No. <laughs> right. So 
let's let's just dig a little bit more into how do we continue to set these boundaries mm -hmm. and these places where we're like this is this is where it's going over the line and how do we establish still this authority and this clarity because teens don't always make great decisions understatement right um but they can make really great decisions too when they learn how so right. how do we help them learn how and still keep them safe and within this realm of reality? Yeah, that's a good, a good question. So helping them to know how to, I'm, I'm, I'm make sure I'm understanding to help them make sure that, or to understand how, um, to, for the, the teenager to set the boundary or no, for us to really, for as oh. a parent, we want to make sure that our kids are safe. We want to make sure our kids aren't doing anything dangerous or right. really against our values. So how do we establish this authority and these, these boundaries for them with, but still give them the space to have a voice and be who they want to be. You see what I like? We want to make sure we're not letting them just do whatever the heck they want to do, but we right. also want to give them freedom to make decisions. So two things. One, it's a bit of a long-term process, um, but in the event that the long-term establishment of, of, of trust and communication isn't there. So there's two different, That's I think that's the primary ingredient, trust and communication. Um, but if that's not there, so let's say there's a, a rift somewhere in the trust and the communication realm, how does one build back in? Um, and I keep going back to this concept of curiosity and really um, approaching your child with um, a, a desire to, to know, because in doing that, the child feels seen, right? So when you are approaching it with curiosity and asking questions and really um, focusing in, then the child feels heard. So once that repair is there, so let's say, let's fast forward and you've been doing all that good stuff. Um, then it's, it's really just, again, having the open lines of communication, um, and, and, and working with them. So mm -hmm. this, this, this give and give and take back and forth, having establish what, what are the values of your family? If, is it time? Is it connection? Um, and, and being sure that as the child is trying to formulate what they desire, that you as a parent are able to kind of go back to, well, what, are, what do we value? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to not go to any of your games because as a family, we value supporting one another. Mm -hmm. We value being there. Uh, we value uh, um, showing up. And so then the kid hears that, okay, you're right, mom, that makes sense. Um, you know, and as I said before, maybe we just take a break for a few, a few games. It's like, okay, we can do that for a few games. And so again, going back to the values, going back to the values, and then your child is able to then, um, tailor what they desire through the channels of values. What do you, mm -hmm. what really matters to your family? And my research has shown that at the, 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 the end result, the positive end result is that kids do well. They do well in their performance. They do well holistically. They have a stronger um, satisfaction of life. They have uh, more positive well-being, and and that's what we ultimately want. 
we sure we want to raise great athletes that's important but more important than that we want to raise healthy young people and 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 being able to be there and to be curious and to be to that um to to to, to that type of positive well-being uh, i love that i love that and it is it's about giving them that voice and giving them that empowering them to be who they want to be within those realms. And so setting up those values, I think is so essential and having the kids be part of setting up those values because yeah. now they're invested, right? They've made those values too. And now when you say, Hey, this doesn't jibe with the values we created, then right. they're like, Oh, okay. Like, it's not that I created for you because exactly. that's not going to be motivating. That's just going to exactly. be like, well, I didn't agree to those. But if they're in, involved in them, suddenly they're like, oh, okay. And it helps them make decisions on their own. Right. Now they learn, does this jibe with what we believe in and that I believe in? So exactly. that's, that's beautiful, beautiful. So if people want to find you, which I'm sure they will after this, how do they find you? A um, couple different places. Um, um, find me on Instagram. Uh, it's at, I think it's Nyamka Redman, uh, PhD. Um, and you can find me on um, on Facebook. Uh, I'm Dr. Nyamka Redman, PhD. Um, yeah, those are the primary ways you can find me. <laughs> okay, great. And we'll have all the links in the show notes so yeah. people can find you. Um, any parting words of wisdom that you would like to share with the parents? Um, you know, parenting is, is difficult. <laughs> none of us were given, none, really? of, none of us were given the handbook. Um, I've got three little littles, um, and, and yet I've walked with many teenagers for a long time and I know, and their parents, and I know how difficult, uh, it can be. So don't be too hard on yourself. Um, the, you, you, you may realize that less is better sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and being able to, to be humble and to admit when you don't know when you don't know and when you make mistakes, um, it's a it's a great modeling technique and hopefully your kids will will um, will adopt some of those as well. Um, but you know we're we're trying our best to find a good community that you can be a part of that helps you in that um, and seek resources and help like Dr. Cam and 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 others who are out there um, and and yeah it doesn't doesn't have to be a lonely road. <laughs> Very, very true. There are people like us out there that are here to help, right? That we, that's exactly what we want to do. So thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. And this has been a great conversation and hopefully we will continue on because I'm just fascinated in the research that you do. Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. And thank you parents for taking some time out of your busy day to listen. And we hope to see you back here. If you want to learn anything more about either Dr. Redman or me, they're in the show notes. And you can always find me at askdrcam.com. Have a peaceful, positive, calm day. Yeah. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.ask.com drcam.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, 
parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.